Sam Bradford, I guess, if you will, uh, than a Baker Mayfield. Just quiet and um, kind of an assassin uh, in his own way. Silent assassin. How about that? Huh? A little yeah. bit of a change. It's It's been a while. Well, I don't know. I guess uh, Kyler was, was kind of a silent assassin. I don't know how you would classify Rattler. And then Caleb Williams was pretty loud. He was the, but... uh, he was the fingernail assassin is what he was. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, has he given that up, or is that still Dude, going out at – The biggest upset of the college football season, all right, is if Caleb Williams paints his fingernails in Norman, Oklahoma, and doesn't in Los Angeles, California. I'm going to go ahead and guess that there's going to be some uh, cardinal or whatever the colors there are nail polish this season. Beat Rice I'm, across him. That's what it'll say. I'm shocked he didn't get an NIL deal with one of the uh, – uh, fingernail paint companies out there <laughs> sally's beauty supply yeah. new nil deal revlon or something <laughs> like that or is that hair <laughs> we're, we're swimming in the deep end on this one <laughs> we got to get out yeah um yeah I, I he is you know he i haven't seen a whole lot of him but he's got some personality and it does seem like the team is is you know, drawn to him and really likes his leadership and his style. But he's he's definitely not an overbearing guy. He's not. And I'll tell you, that plays well with a with the philosophy like Venables is gonna have. You know, I I, I expect I expect the offense is gonna lead the way this year. But as time rolls on, this is going to be a defensively led program. I agree. And, you know, I'm not saying that you can't have quarterbacks that are, um, you know, super outgoing and flamboyant. You can. But really, Baker's a rarity in that position anyways. Like most quarterbacks aren't like that. Like super successful quarterbacks aren't like that. They're typically very like even kill guys emotionally, um, you know, and, and that's kind of how you have to be at quarterback. So he was a little bit different in that regard. But I, I would expect that kind of that kind of becomes the the norm moving forward uh, over time. Great point, text line. I'd rather have a quiet assassin than a pole assassin. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. That's that's correct. Caleb is still painting his nails for the USC spring game. He gave all his teammates a T-shirt with his hand on the football and his nails painted. Yeah. All right, keep them coming. 405-651-3439. Yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah. Do you think any of his teammates would wear a shirt around with his fingernail-painted hand holding a football? I. I, I know when you're in college, it's all you know. You wear whatever's free uh, whenever it comes to t-shirts and and whatever. But I don't know. I think that one would would be quickly tossed into the garbage. Well, haven't you heard? He's the greatest college football player of all time. Going to win the Heisman Trophy. I'm I'm sure that they would wear his t-shirt. They could only be so honored to. Maybe that's uh, the, what he uh, demanded 
in exchange for the uh, Beats by Dre that he gave him. Wear the T-shirt. He, you probably just have him sign it and go sell it to someone. You know, probably the best thing to do. Which uh, you still can't do that illegal, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know the rules. Yeah. Um, no, I, I I like the demeanor by Dylan Gabriel for sure. He just seems like a guy to me that adversity is going to happen with this team. As good as I think that they're going to be, um, adversity will happen. And he just seems like the guy that he want to have. You want to have on your side when adversity strikes. He's calm, cool, and collected. He'll 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 get him through the rough waters. I have no yeah, doubt. I, now I've seen him play before. And he, you know, he may be pretty reserved in practice and in how he carries himself in a day-to-day basis around the facility. But don't mistake that for not being super, super competitive whenever the lights come on. He, he's got some gamer in him uh, whenever he's out there competing. He plays extremely hard. Yeah, and he throws the deep ball well. We like that. Yeah. We, we've seen offenses around here, one that has the capability of the deep ball and what that offense looks like, and one last year that didn't have the cap- capability of the deep ball and what it looks like. I mean, it is, it's night and day difference, man. And that, that team last year didn't run the ball great ex- for explosive plays. They just weren't an explosive offense. They'll, they'll go back to being an explosive offense this year. I'm going to ask you a series of questions, and I want to have them answered immediately. We haven't done that in a while. I'm excited for this. Will the first touchdown be a running play or a passing play? It's going to be a passing play, and it's going to be a 40-yard hey, touchdown. Hey, I didn't ask you anything other than will it be I a run or a pass. I wanted to do the OUPA announcer voice, but fine, whatever. I was just we'll trying to figure there. out what wide receiver I wanted. Passing. Okay. Uh, you already uh, ruined this next question, but will it be over or under 20 yards? Under. <laughs> under? You just said 40. I know. But okay. I, uh, yeah, I know. I'm messing with you. Who catches the first touchdown pass of the season? First touchdown pass of the season will go to Jaleel Farouk. We'll catch it. 40 yards. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Huh. Like it, love it, hate it. Um, I, uh, I like it. I like it. Don't love it, but I like it. Oh, you just want to go with the stock answer of Marvin Mims. Okay. Bore me. In what game does University of Oklahoma starting quarterback Dylan Gabriel throw his first interception? He'll throw his first INT against Kansas State at home. Ooh, yeah. that's dangerous in that game. Come ah, on, man. It'll be fine. It'll get a little hairy for the first two and a half quarters, and OU will figure it out and pull away in the fourth. It's all good. In what game, if any, does Oklahoma score – on defense the first time if you think they do it multiple times the first game they score on defense uh game two against kent state they're going to score on defense and it's going to have a standing ovation by the crowd when that happens people might interception fumble recovery no is it done you know a pick six i mean that would be cool i'm talking about a throwback rocky kalma style you get you punch the ball out 
and you've got a linebacker that picks it up and runs it in for a touchdown. It's Danny Stutzman. Stutzman runs yeah. it in for the touchdown? Oh, yeah. Wow. How about that? Stutzman. Okay. Will the University of Oklahoma football team score a touchdown on special teams oh, this season? What? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's going to come no, I didn't on ask the kick return game. Okay, okay. Sorry, I just get too excited sometimes. Okay, special teams touchdown was a yes. Okay. Uh, will it be a punt return, kick return, blocked punt? What? What will it? How will they score a touchdown on special teams? It will not be a punt return this year. They'll score on a blocked punt and they'll score on a kickoff return. Which one's first? Um, blocked punt is first. Against who? Blocked punt against TCU is when it happens. Okay, there you go. Nicely done. And everyone passes out when it happens. Okay. Who scores the first rushing touchdown of the 2022 football season? Now, the easy answer here is Eric Gray, and that's what 99.9% of the people you'd say how they would respond. It's going to be a quarterback sneak by Dylan Gabriel. Wasn't that the first touchdown last year, a sneak by – or no, I think they – Someone got robbed of a touchdown on OU's first scoring drive of the year. It, it was either Rattler or some running back that got robbed by it. Well, they marked him short. Was that the uh, the the Williams play uh, like oh, over in the left corner of the end zone? Yeah, I think it was actually. They brought him in. Yes, I think Mario Williams. I don't know if he scored or not. Okay, so the first rushing rushing touchdown is Dylan Gabriel. Over under rushing touchdowns this year for Dylan Gabriel, eight. Uh, under. Okay. Over under passing touchdowns, Dylan Gabriel, thirty. Uh, I think we did our numbers on Wednesday. I think I had the over on that. I had thirty-five. So yeah, I'm going to take the over. Interceptions by Dylan Gabriel over under, eight. Under, I have 35 touchdowns, seven picks for him. Woo! Five to one. That's a, that's a pretty tasty first season like uh, as quarterback at the University of Oklahoma. Wow. Okay. There you go. Uh, I think that's all I have oh, for Oh, is that you. all the questions you have? Okay, I just didn't know if you had any other. A standing ovation, laughing face emoji. When was the last pick six that fans stayed seated? Well, I'm saying that the, the standing <laughs> ovation is going to last 15 minutes. Yes, that that text is what I'm looking for. That is beautiful. Yeah. That's what we want on this show. Ask, That's funny. Ask Tyler if you will have a shutout this season, Dixie and Tulsa. Oh, uh, hang on a second. With the University of Oklahoma, uh, the 128th team, the defense, will they post a shutout this season? Well, according to you, no. They're going to give up like 50 points in the non-con. However, yes, they will have a shutout this season. It'll be against Kansas. They'll shut out KU. Okay. I'm fine with that. I don't care who it comes it comes against. Zeros are awesome defensively. You usually don't lose whenever the other team scores zero. So, 
Well, like um, was it Virginia Tech? They almost did. It was 0-0 at the end of regulation when Frank Beamer was still coaching. What's the what's the statistic about Oklahoma State? Oklahoma State has held Oklahoma to zero points like three times, but they've only won one of the games or something like that. Wasn't there a that's stat a, like that? That's a Blinken Riley stat. I'll have to right. uh, we'll have to wait till Bedlam Fact Friday at some point to uh, figure out what that is. It's it's something crazy like that. Gunny of Stutzman's yeah. Army says, I'm looking at three shutouts this year. Tell me who it's against, yeah. Gunny. I'd, I'd like to hear who those three teams are. It's got to be Kent, UTEP, and KU. <laughs> if they roll in, in the Nebraska game, haven't given up a point yet, oh, jeez. Talk about some casey. expectations, man. Well, at that point, you've got to expect them to give up zero to Nebraska, right? Yeah, Don't you? everyone but you. You thought Nebraska is going to score 38 the other day. Well, if you're averaging giving up zero points a game, that's that's what I would expect from them. Uh, this is a bummer, man. I've gotten this text a couple times on the text line. I can't confirm it. Um, it says hearing Owasso's Cole Adams might be out for the year. That stinks. Oh, no. I thought I heard you say – uh, earlier on Get In that he had a really good game last night. He, he did, but, Teddy, you can have a really good game and still get hurt in the same game. He had seven catches for – what did he have? Like seven catches for 143 yards in the first half. Well, did, did was there a report of him leaving the game or getting injured? Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he, he left the game, yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, do you have any idea what the injury – might be. Uh, I'm just going to go Lincoln Riley and say it's a lower body. I have no idea. Uh, dang it. Big I B hate has that. has won 50 games in a row now after a 49-14 win over Owasso. Oh, yeah, I forgot. What a pathetic pick by you. Yeah, the 13-and-a-half uh, did not cover. Not a way to start off uh, gambling on high school football. Already 0-1 on the year. But I'll be back next week. Don't worry. I'll be back. Did you have a free $200 play like you did? did. Uh, <laughs> DraftKings Sportsbook gave me uh, four free $25 bets while I was in Colorado. High school sports. Uh-huh. Uh, that's great. Um, okay, let's hit a quick timeout. Keep hitting the text line. We'll get to some of those. 651-3439. Hanging out at Newcastle Casino, I-44, exit 107. We'll be back. Riverwind Casino and Hotel bringing you the final hour of the rush on a football Friday. I tell you, man, our third co-host never takes a day off. Unlike the, unlike us, text line is always on it. Um, they send us the Blinken Riley uh, tweet that you were referring to. I think it's just Blinken now since, you know, that guy's oh, not the head coach anymore. Oklahoma State has held Oklahoma to zero points ten times. However, they've managed to only win seven of those games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's the stat I'm talking about. That's funny. That's funny. Gunny wow. says four shutouts, UTEP, Kent State, Kansas, and Texas. Ooh. Golly. I don't know the last time they shut Texas out, but that would I be. Do. Year after you okay. left. Coincidence? 2004? 2004, they won 12 nothing. 
Woo, 12-0. Oh, yeah. What a game. <laughs> 12-0 in a game that had two Heisman Trophy winners in it. And Adrian, How about that? And Adrian Peterson, who was a Heisman finalist that year. Yeah. And Adrian Peterson. And it was uh, – no, Cedric Benson was gone, wasn't he? Um, No, I think he was – I think he was on that team in 04. I think that was his last year. I think. All that offensive firepower and uh, both teams mustered up 12 points. Yeah, someone can double-check that. Yo, Yeah, he was because he, AD, was a Heisman finalist, and uh, Cedric oh, Benson won the Dope Walker, Walker that year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What a – wow. Rest in peace, Cedric. Yeah, um, that's pretty wild to think about, right? Very wild to think about. OU got screwed on a call in that game. Uh, OU was going into score, and the ball clearly hit the ground before Derek Johnson intercepted it, and they called it a pick. And Texas got the ball, and I, it, yeah, I, it was OU got screwed on that call. They probably score at least another field goal or another touchdown if not for that. But who cares? Whatever. You shut them out. Doesn't matter what it looks like. It was a sweet Vince day. Young was. 8 of 23 for 86 yards. Yeah, hey, I am uh, I'm not saying that Vince Young was not a great college quarterback. He was, but he was also 1 and 2 against OU. 1 and 1 yeah. as a starter, but he played a lot in that 03 game. He got destroyed by 52 points one game. He got shut out the other game, and then yeah, he beat him in 05. Oh, uh, would you like an opportunity to prove how smart you are? I think I've already done that today. I would like another one, yes. Can you name who scored the lone touchdown in that football game? It was not Adrian Peterson. He had over 200 yards. Um, That's right. He had 225 on 32 carries for a seven-yard average. I don't know why I want to say Kiwan, but I'm going to say Kiwan. Kiwan Jones. Oh, man. Look at that. You kidding me? That's Lambacus stuff right there. That's what that is. Think about this. OU ran the ball 52 times for 301 yards and only scored one touchdown yep. and put together 12 points. That's crazy. Wow. That's wild. Yeah. Um, everyone, speaking of running backs, wants to know about the new one. Emeka Megwa is the new running back. Former four-star running back out of the state of Texas. Leaving Washington. Coming to OU. And I read off the offer list earlier. He had an offer from basically every legit team in the country coming out of high school. Uh, including Alabama. I think Ohio State was on there. Oklahoma was on there. And he got injured, so he can only practice this year. He can't play this year. He'll be eligible in 2023 so yeah interesting to well, get this kid this late but nonetheless here's some running back depth for next season yeah I, i'm fascinated to see what the what the transfer situation looks like to and from oklahoma moving forward um I, i'm curious some people think that Clemson's going to have another down year. If they do, and, you know, there's been some time that has elapsed between Venables being there and, and now 
has a season at Oklahoma. I wonder if some of the the guys on that that defense maybe want to transfer and play for for Coach Venables. I I don't know. I'm just curious to see how it all shakes out. Like even let's say Gabriel has a really good year and, and goes to the NFL. I I think that that's probably unlikely. Hope so. But hopefully he's got two years. But you have to also think like. If, if that happens and he has that good of a year to where he goes to the NFL, you have to imagine that Oklahoma is going to be the top transfer location for any of the, oh, totally, the quarterbacks man. out there. Totally. I wonder if that, um, that's got to work in a similar fashion when they have to replace assistant coaches. Oklahoma is always going to be an attractive job. It's about to be an SEC job, which makes it even more attractive. But – there's got to be a draw for some high-level assistants out there to work for a guy like Brent Venables as opposed to, I don't know, maybe some of those other head coaches out there that aren't as highly thought of. That's got to be a draw in OU's favor when you're looking for your next OC, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it looks like a staff that a lot of people would be want to be a part of. They are hungry. They are um, – Man, they're develop or they're uh, they're trying to develop like crazy, but they're out there evaluating like crazy on the recruiting trail. I would just think to an up and coming assistant coach or even someone that's been around for a while, you would say that's an up and coming staff. I'd I'd want to be a part of that. That looks that looks awesome. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't, I don't think he'll have a hard time recruiting coaches to come coach for him. Um, you know, the the question is just going to be. When does Levy take a, a head coaching gig? Like, I I feel like he wants to stay at Oklahoma, try and win a national championship. But you know, and he's he's compensated really well. But it's it's hard to convince someone not to go take five million dollars a year somewhere and be able to run their own team. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The uh, the team I look I like Lane Kiffin. He's going to be out of Ole Miss as soon as he can get out of Ole Miss, and that's going to be their first call is to Jeff Levy. Where's he going to go though? Someone, man. Someone is going to make. You know who's going to hire him at the end of the year? I bet Florida State tries to hire him at the end of the year. Well, that's interesting. Or Auburn, someone like that. Well, that's interesting, huh? Yeah. I don't get it. I wouldn't hire him if I was an AD. I think he's massively overrated as a head coach. I think the one thing that he does well, and you got to give him credit for this, I guess, he has hired really good OCs in the past. Kendall Bryles, yeah. Charlie Weiss Jr., uh, Jeff Levy, of course. He's done a good job with that, but it feels like those are the guys that run the team, not him. Well, I, I know that he is – it, he, it is, just from some of the things I've heard, uh, he's, he's has a really good offensive mind. He's really, really sharp. But it's almost like it's an afterthought to him. You know, like, th- like this college football is like his hobby. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's the Gruden question that we always like to make fun of? You really love it, man. You love, you love football, football, man. I mean, come on, man. You really love it, man. He can't yeah. say yes to that question. Which, you know, funny, he's a uh, he's a Gruden acolyte. He came from that from that camp. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, 
it's interesting. It's I hope Levy stays and wins a championship here. Maybe it takes one, two, three years. I don't know, but it's going to be really, really difficult to keep him as your offensive coordinator. Yeah, and we've seen a couple of instances where defensive coordinators have stayed at a place for a while, Britt being one, Kirby Smart being the other. Have we seen an instance where a program has had a lot of success and the offensive coordinator has stayed around for a while? That didn't happen with Bob. Yeah, how long was um, how long was Tony Elliott at Clemson? Um, gosh, I don't know exactly. You used to have ah, uh, what's the guy? Who's the guy? Um, Morris that Morris, got fired right? at Arkansas. Yeah, that was there. That's been a while because he went to SMU first and then went to Arkansas, right? Yeah, yeah, he did. He was the uh, coach at SMU for a couple of years before that. I'm trying to find Tony Elliott here. He was at Clemson as the OC. Just at, He got to Clemson in 2011, but he didn't get elevated into co-OC until 15. So he's really probably been only calling plays for a few years. Or Well, he's at Virginia well, now, but he was only calling well, he plays was for call- a few years. Well, but he was calling plays through both of their national championships. Well, at, well, from 15 to 19, was he? Because he was the co-OC running backs coach at that time. I don't know if he was. Oh, uh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I thought he – I thought – well, maybe you're right. Maybe that's when uh, – I, heck, I don't know. Who cares? Um, the point is solid that offensive coordinators get swooped up rather quickly for head coaching gigs. But, you know, we've – we talked about this point before. He's coaching for a guy that was very selective and waited it out and took the exact job that he wanted to when he wanted to. And, you know, things are looking really good for him right now instead of just jumping at the first opportunity. Yeah. So he'll have that voice there constantly. But all that being said, there's only so much you can say to someone to – convince them to not go more than double their salary real quick let me read this by the athletic why OU will slash won't make it to the college football playoff why they will make it uh it says playoff expectations in year one might be unfair that's a heck of a way to try to tell me that they're going to but okay playoff expectations in year one might be unfair but let's not forget these guys were a disappointing 11 and 2 last season the schedule is fairly friendly, too, with Baylor, OSU, and Kansas State all in Norman. Venables will make the best of what he's got with this mostly inexperienced squad. Their best could certainly be good enough to win the Big 12. That wasn't very convincing. Uh, yeah, and I don't know. Are they are they a mostly inexperienced squad? <laughs> I mean, sure, but again, man, a lot of people in college football are a mostly inexperienced squad. It's the transfer portal era. I just think that's that's a little bit lazy. I, but I don't even I don't even think they're a mostly inexperienced squad. Like, what do you what do you consider inexperienced? Like, having never been a starter before, that's inexperienced, right? But if you've played a year of college football as a starter, you're not inexperienced. So, 
their whole back end, depending on who gets the start, is going to be experienced. Um, Two-thirds of their linebacker core is experienced. Everyone on their defensive line has a bunch of snaps under their belt. Maybe not here, but somewhere. Sure. Right. Offensive line, everyone, like what, three starters from a year ago, and the guys that, or is there four? Four starters from a year ago. Potentially. But there's guys that played uh, a bunch, and even the transfer guys like Matoyer, he's started in college football. He's experienced. Dylan Gabriel has two... More than two seasons as a starter at quarterback. He's experienced. Eric Gray was um, a co-starter last year. He's experienced. Your two tight ends have played more football probably combined than any two tight ends on any other team in college football. Uh, wide receiver, Mims is coming into his third year. Drake Stoops is, what, is he a senior? Yep. I mean, you've got – it's not a – mostly inexperienced team by any measure. I agree. Real quick before we hit a break, let me read the why they won't. It says, we'll probably be able to attribute that, at least to some extent, to the dramatic nature of the transition they're going through. Brent Venables is not tearing this thing down to the studs, but he's been extremely detailed in his efforts to renovate this program and its culture to his liking. These processes take more than 12 months. And when you lose 393 career starts off the previous year's team, it's hard to fully replace all of that hard-earned experience with newcomers. This team is asking a lot of younger players to step up. Yeah. Well, I mean, there is some truth to some of those things, but I don't, I don't know. It may take more than 12 months for that whole situation to come full circle, but I don't think it takes 12 months for you to start seeing benefits from culture change. Agree. We've already seen it, man. Yep. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Final hour rolls on next. It is the rush on the ref, Tyler McComas, Teddy Lame, and it's a football Friday, and we say football Friday, we mean it. Here at the ref, we have several high school football games for you to check out tonight. KREFsports.tv, that's a live stream of the football game, live stream video with play-by-play in the background. It's a really cool feature that we're proud of here at the ref. More at Edmond Memorial, Westmore at Union. Southmore at PC North, Edmond North at Deer Creek, Jinx at Edmond Santa Fe. Again, that's KREFsports.tv, 7 o'clock start time tonight. Oh, buddy, every single Friday this year, some games are on Thursday, we're going to have like seven games a week. It's, it's going to be really cool. Yep. Uh, reminder, we invented uh, streaming sports uh, at KREF. That so. – um, if you throw high school in front of it, I mean, you're not that far off. Hike school? Yeah. You, um, well, I already know what you're going to pick, but I guess we can still do it. You want to pick this Nebraska-Northwestern game real quick? 
before we get yeah. out of here? All right. Nebraska was 3-9 and nine last year. Nine losses by single digits. They're an 11-point favorite in this game. <laughs> Fade Teddy Lehman's pick. He calls it the lock of the century. It is lock of the century. Uh, Northwestern, disgraceful down the stretch last year. Um, both of these teams, I, they both ended last year losing six straight games. I think maybe Northwestern was seven straight games. You have to go back to October, early October of last year for either one of these teams to have won a game. Um, and here's the thing. Northwestern, last year, I don't know that they mustered up more than like 14 points, but a handful of times. And I know last year is not the way to look at this year. I get that. But, man, Northwestern is, even compared to Nebraska, the roster is not anywhere close. Nebraska is good on the line of scrimmage. I think they're going to be way better at quarterback. That suits this offense. They're going to be throwing the ball all over the yard. Remember, new offensive coordinator Whipple from Pitt last year. The Thompson kid is going to be able to, to throw it around a little bit. Had a pretty good year last year at quarterback for Texas. Um, you know, defensively. Nebraska's been solid, not great, but solid. That's good enough to get the win over Northwestern in big fashion. 42-13, Nebraska. Jeez, Teddy thought he was invited on Big Noon to break down this game. That was like a two-and-a-half-minute breakdown for you. Well, yeah, I. that's what I do. I always go above and beyond. Teddy's trying to take Urban Meyer's spot. I don't, uh, at least you're not as creepy as Urban Meyer. I'm I'll trying definitely to definitely give uh, you that one. Kirk Herbstreet's. Did you? What was the deal with that orange situation that Herbstreet had going on? He fell asleep in the tanning bed at at the beach. <laughs> that's that's what it was. Pays ten ninety nine a month. Duh. Oh, that was crazy. Um, look, it's not often that a three and nine football team goes into the opening game of the season and has a ton of pressure. Nebraska has a ton of pressure to deliver tomorrow. They'll line up for a 38-yard field goal with 47 seconds left to take the lead. It will be right down the middle. Northwestern will not be able to do anything on the ensuing possession. Nebraska wins this game 27-24. It's going to be an entertaining football game tomorrow. Okay. I... I, I hope it's an entertaining football game. But you have to agree that if this game is 27-24 and it comes down to the last couple of plays or drives, that, I mean, they'll be happy they got the win. But Nebraska fans will have to be disappointed that they barely squeaked past Northwestern, right? Um, I, if you were three and nine the previous year, can you complain about any win? Well, I, mean, I see your point yeah, here, but I don't think that they're beat, the one to overanalyze wins. 
if you beat the same team 56 to 7 a year ago, fair. yeah. Yeah, fair. Yeah, it'll be a long uh, plane trip back from Dublin if uh, they only win by a field goal. Northwestern only scored above uh, 14 points three times last year. They're bad, man. There's no doubt that they're bad. Maybe the worst team in the Big Ten. I, they did beat Rutgers last mm. year, though. Yeah, they did. That's one of the games, 21-7. Uh, 21-7. Yeah, they actually they scored above 14 more than I uh, thought. But Rutgers, October 16th was the last time they won, and it's the last time they scored above 14 points. Yeah. Yeah, what should, what should um, other than football being back, which is going to be awesome, but if OU fans want to do a little pre-scouting tomorrow against the Huskers, what's one or two things OU fans should watch from Nebraska tomorrow? I'd watch the line of scrimmage play. I mean, it's it's not always the most entertaining to to watch, but if if Nebraska cannot push Northwestern around and run the football pretty much at will, they're not going to be able to run it at all against Oklahoma. And on the flip side of that, if their defensive line can't shut down the run from Northwestern and be constantly all over the quarterback in the passing game, they're not going to have a chance against Oklahoma's offensive line. Yeah. If it's not totally obvious that Nebraska is dominating the line of scrimmage, then they've got problems. I uh, Best result here, and Parker and Travis disagree with me a little bit because there's a recruit in Lincoln that you're going after. And they think like an early fall by Nebraska helps OU's chances. Maybe, but I think Nebraska is going to take care of that at some point. I don't think a single loss to Northwestern is going to turn that recruitment around. Uh, best case, no. best case result to me is Nebraska wins by twenty-four points and they look dominant tomorrow. Yeah, for, for you, OU's you side of things, you want you want him. If this, if you're talking about how's this play out for that recruit. You want that recruit to think Nebraska's really good going into that uh, OU game uh, in Lincoln, and then OU goes up there and just absolutely obliterates them. Yep. Like, that's what you want. You feel like they're good, and then the big dog comes to town and, and shows exactly where they're at in the pecking order. That's how you want that to play out. Which I think Malachi Coleman will be at USC that weekend. Yeah, he'll be on an official to USC that weekend. He won't be at the uh, OU. What? Nebraska. Yeah, he won't be at the OU Nebraska game. How is that possible? I don't know. Think about that. You're in Nebraska. You got a you got a kid from your state. You've got this huge home game. They're going. It's the it's the biggest home game you've got the entire year. Maybe he hates at 11 a.m. kickoffs like the rest of us. It's not even close. I guess you got Wisconsin coming to town late in the year, but you got Indiana. Dude, their home games this year, North Dakota, Georgia Southern, Oklahoma, Indiana, Illinois, Minnesota, Wisconsin. He had his visit on June 3rd in Lincoln. <laughs> Just bring him in for a game. Come on. I think that tells you everything you need to know about whether or not he's going to go to Nebraska. Not even going to be at their biggest game of the year. Well, the Who thought did? the thought is is that he's 
is leaning Nebraska, but I, I hear you. He's announcing on October 22nd for what that's worth. Who does, who does the uh, University of Southern California play that week? September 17th, I think Fresno, which will be a loss. Oh, God. Yeah, you got two schools that you are, are wanting to play for playing right there in your backyard, and you're going to go watch USC play Fresno? All right. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap it up next. Stay tuned. 